This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Wednesday, the 2nd of November 2022. Coming up today, Twitter charging $8 for a blue tick. And ARX Visions, Charles Leclerc joins us to talk all about their new wearable headset. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Yeah, welcome along. It's another day. Sean Priest is here. Hello, Sean Priest. How are you today? Uh, oh, hey, oh uh, uh, I'm great. Thank you, Stephen Scott. Let's just, leave, let's just leave that there. I am Liar. great. 2nd of November already. I know. It's, it's, ne- it's nearly... Do you know what? It's nearly yeah. a new Say year it. again. Oh, I know. 2020... Uh, uh, oh, three. No, I've forgotten. Three. Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm on it. <laughs> Listen, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you, right? We're here to help Thank each you. other out in moments of need. And should you need me, I'll probably never be available. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll be there. Gorgeous. Don't say Thank it you very costs much. money. Sorry, carry on. Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. And, uh, yeah, Twitter. Twitter. What about this Elon Musk, eh? Runs the Basically running the whole company through Twitter. It's kind of f- funny. I, I, I'm liking it. I'm liking this know, new way of management. Like this is he great. swears in his tweets. I don't like that. <gasps> Does There's he? No I've not seen it. That. It doesn't make you big or clever, Elon. No swearing, please. I don't swear on my tweets. I've never sworn on a tweet. I, t- I treat my Twitter account like I'm talking to my mother. Oh, that's who incidentally has a foul mouth. And <laughs> <laughs> Swears like a docker. God bless her. <laughs> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that with her at all. I think that would be absolutely disgusting. So I treat my Twitter account the same way. You see, it's my broadcast history. You see, it's uh, you yeah. know, you're not allowed to swear on air. You know, and that's the same thing. It's I don't swear beautiful. on here. I wouldn't so, do that. All right, well done. I'm I mean, not I, accusing I want to you. Offend I'm... your little ears. Well, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not offended by it. I just. Elon, I just disappointed in you, that's all. There's no need for it. Come on. It's even worse. And $8. Okay, so his new plan is to charge $8 for the blue tick. And what does the blue tick mean, Stephen Scott? Well, the thing is, it's going to change, isn't it? Because what it means right now is essentially it's a verified status. And, you know, a lot of people are wondering what, what on earth this thing is I and mean, why it's so important. And for a lot of people, it's really just a, a recognition of the standing that they have. I would say in the in the Twitter community, right? It's something that Twitter bestows upon you at the moment. Well, I and see it as something that this really is who they say they are. So you don't get a, a yeah, fraudulent well, that's, that's, yeah, but it's verified. Trump but I think it's Obama yeah, but verified or, is, is one thing, right? But I mean, come on, it's not about that. It's about status for a lot of people. Um, it's not I mean, about verification. There is a process to go through to ID yourself through that to get. Yeah, to, I've done it. In, I didn't get my blue tick. Yeah, what, okay. So you're saying that you did ID yourself, but your status is not not, <laughs> Still not worthy verified. enough. No, I'm not worthy enough to get okay. it. So I'm with the peasants in this one. Right. Yeah, Yeah. well, that made me laugh. So Elon tweeted, you know, power to the people, $8 for a verified tick or whatever. Uh, power to the people who can afford the $8 a month. Yeah, well, it was going to start off at $20 a month. Yeah, and then well. Stephen King tweeted i mean this is what i love about this this is how it's changing right so stephen king comes on and says uh oh i'm not paying 20 dollars." and elon says what about eight and i thought am i in a market is is this like a market yeah. no no make it four i want <laughs> let's bid four you know just, like, where does this end two for a pound <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here um but yeah it does seem that people are uh, going a bit wild about this i think it's partly because a lot of people who've earned the blue tick feel that you know hang on a minute now a i've got to pay for it and also b now anybody can get access to it i put this out on twitter i was asking the question you know what do people think about this um because personally i think if you are going to my view is if you're going to tackle the the blue tick problem if you think there is one as in you know you want to have a blue tick then you know maybe this is a way to do it, it makes it a bit more open to people rather than just you know some some person at Twitter deciding whether or not you should get it or not, which is how it works currently. Um, so, yeah, they're saying that it's, um, it's $8 is what they're going to charge for this. And uh, Aaron says, this is a completely terrible idea. These people generate most of Twitter's engagement revenue, so making them pay is stupid. Even so, being able to just pay to be verified is also stupid. At that yes. point, verification is meaningless. I totally agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. What's the point? If you can afford $8, then you're verified. So. Who cares? The verification becomes nothing. 
Billy B says, I'm not even sure what the blue tick means, but some people seem to need it. Some people don't. And that's and that's one thing, right? I mean, you don't have to have the blue tick. Most users don't need it. Uh, but there are a lot of professionals out there who may want to have the option. I'll give you an example of this, which is kind of the closest I can think of at the moment. LinkedIn has this. So it has like a premium version. So you can have, and it's like $40 a month or something. It's not cheap, but you can pay. And that gives you more access to more people on the platform. It gives you a, a, a proper status so that people know you're a real person. It's separating basically just like at the moment why we consider me to be just an average user to someone who really needs access to people. And then when you get that message from someone, you know that they're a serious person, right? Because you're not going to spend $40 a month just for a laugh. You know, you've, you you want a reason for it. Well, so You could be a scammer and making that money back all the time. You're scamming someone on a social media. Well, that's a very dark view of the world, Sean I just I've just seen a lot of shady stuff on LinkedIn of people being offered jobs that don't actually exist. And does uh, paying money just, uh, is that equating that if someone's paying money, then obviously they're a decent human being? That's not the case at all. I, look, when it comes down to Twitter. <laughs> wow. I, I used to be the one that talked like you. What's going on? Something I, happened. Uh, <laughs> yes, it has. You've corrupted me. Look. No, I've done nice. What's going wrong? Yeah, it's all weird. It's like Freaky Friday in here. Mm. The thing is, I feel I thought, or the way I perceive the blue tick is exactly that, that this is the um, verified identity. This really is the person you think it is, the celebrity, the politician, or whoever it may be, right? Yeah. That's how I use or see it. I don't care about the status. But with this $8, there was some interesting um, additions, he said as well, about longer tweets and longer audio, I noticed, yeah. longer video. Um, and I, I think there was something else, but my ears did prick up when it said longer audio. I was thinking, oh, are we, are we possibly seeing you know, the, the, the audio tweets that you can do? Maybe that will expand into something else, which I would be interested in. Uh, Lynn writes in, if anyone can buy a blue tick, then how can you tell real accounts from scam accounts? You could end Correct. up with dozens of, in quotes, official celebrity accounts that fleece the fans. Anyone could buy a tick and write rubbish accessibility advice as an advocate. I wouldn't trust the tick. And Tim, on a similar vein, writes, it does concern me that disability activists would need to pay this to show their validity. I think there needs to be some allowance for minorities to get a blue tick without the cost. It should also be said that the blue tick right now is free. Uh, in its current form, uh, apparently by Wednesday, um, what by today possibly would that be? Yeah, because they were working yes. on it all weekend. Um, they were saying that you know all the, the Twitter people who have to work on this have been told basically get this up and running or it's your jobs. Um, I've got to say, Twitter lovely... doesn't sound like the doesn't sound like the best place to work at the moment. <laughs> I if know, I'm what a lovely work environment. Get it done yeah. by Wednesday. It's gone very Steve Jobs Apple. It has a little bit, yeah, but but in public. You know, yeah. we found this all out after the fact with, with Apple, right? I mean, people generally just put up with wow. the pain. But this is weird. I, I, don't, I just, I don't know what's going on here. And, you know, this is, I think a lot of people, the, the wrong language is being used around this because people talk about, oh, you know, a billionaire's taking this over and, you know, this is not good. Look, all social media, all media is run by billionaires, right? So let's just move away from that idea. I think it's the individual in question we have a, a problem potentially with. Um, I mean, he is running the entire show, it would seem. At least he's pretending to run the show via Twitter itself, which arguably, in a way, mm. is is kind of him coming into the town square and adding his voice with the people, right? That's, I guess, the argument he would make is that this is what this is. This is a town square, and this is a place where people come and they put their opinions forward, and we discuss it. Uh, I've never been to a town square like that. I don't know if you have. Most town no. squares I have tend to just have coffee shops yes. and, and people trying to get away from each other. And people selling lighters for a pound or socks for or, a pound, or, yes. Or a I, dollar. I, I, a sure. dollar, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know what? It, it sounds right, doesn't it? It does sound right that he's trying to change it from inside the platform itself. And he's, you know, you can't say he's being private or, you know, he's, he's involving the users of the platform. It, I don't know. I'm just uneasy. I must admit, he makes me uneasy. I, I, I just think people probably wouldn't be happy whatever he did, is the truth of it. I don't think it would matter what he did. If he said, I'm going to, I'm going to pay you to use Twitter, there'd be people complaining, well, you know, how do we trust that that money's you know, not coming from dodgy uh, SpaceX flights or you know, yes. moon rocks or something? You know? um, 
it's interesting. Know. It's an interesting experiment in public, right? Because I, I, as we've said many, many times, I don't know what the answer is to free speech and the, you know, toxic speech, hate speech, whatever it may be, or speech that you just find offensive. I don't know what the answer is. And this is an interesting, I'm really, <laughs> I don't know. We're just going to have to keep an eye on it and see what look, happens. I, I said it yesterday. It's personal responsibility. It's the only way we can look at this. It really is. The only way you'll, you'll never solve the problem with that approach. But what you will do is begin to realize that we, we can't keep putting other people in charge of our own thoughts, ideas, um, decisions, and blame everyone else for it. I think this is the problem. I have a real issue with this, especially on Twitter. I see it all the time. I see it across social media, a real victim culture. Every, everyone's a victim to everything. No one has any responsibility or can take any responsibility for anything in their lives because they are forever held back by whatever they have decided is in their way. And I just don't buy that. I just don't buy that. And I think it's an easy way out to just say, it's everyone else's fault. Don't blame me. I have no part in this. I could do nothing about it. Well, you can. If you're bothered that much about Twitter, don't use it. Get off it. And if you and if you honestly think that the only way you can build a community, I've seen disability advocates say that's all very well for people to turn around and say, "Oh, just get off Twitter," because you know, you know, but we've got communities we've built here, we've got places. Well, build it somewhere else. You built it once, you can do it again. I mean, it's not as if it's that difficult. You know, no one's asking you to physically build anything. No one's saying, "Hey, head down to Home Depot and start," you know, buying some timber and some nails. You know, right. like, get on a social media platform. Sh- 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 Sign up. Uh, he's gone. He's on one. Sorry, we can only oh, apologize. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm on. <laughs> but I can. But the thing is, I can say it on here and not have eight thousand ridiculous tweets sent back at me, telling well, me how much of a loser I am because of something I said in two thousand and one. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then email feedback at doubletaponair.com. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to Charles Leclerc from ARX Vision. Uh, we had Charles on the TV show last night, and uh, we were talking about ARX Vision, and we got a bit of a, a discussion about it with you. So if you haven't seen that episode yet, then do go check it out on the AMI-TV app, also at ami.t... No, hang on. ami.ca, that's the one. Well Sorry, done. Mr. F. Um, ami.ca forward slash double tap. I think that's right. Is that right? I mean, yeah, that, if only there was a way TV. to know... If only there was a way to know. Yes, uh, I'll do it right now. You Speaking of TV, did you know that uh, Kelly and Company are moving to TV? <gasps> are they? Don't you listen? No, right. I must have missed it. Of course I listened, but I'm I didn't hear January that. January 9th, oh, all right. Kelly and Ramia are going to be on AMI-TV. I think it's simulcast on AMI-audio as well, but they're going to be oh, on yeah, giving the show to TV. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say congratulations to them because you know what, good for them. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was on uh, with Kelly and Co recently, and I got to say, fantastic. The, that, that's when I I know true professionalism, Stephen Scott. It was absolutely amazing. What are you saying? Uh, they they are truly professional. What are you saying? That, that, that's all I'm saying. I had a, a great time. Anyway, hello. That's, no, listen. If you want to carry on without me, that's fine. Oh. Oh, is this live on air? Is this, is this how it's going? Out in public? You just, you just, you just go. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I had a great experience when I, I was on Kelly and Co. I'm, I'm measuring was... another 15 minutes before we need to go to break. So, oh, yeah, that's all right. Well, we can you sit go, here in stony silence, can't we? Yeah. All right. Well, we will. <laughs> Hello, listeners. But no, here at AMI, true professionalism all the way. I work with some brilliant people. And every time I get into a meeting or I listen to one of the shows, I think, these people are smart. I often think to myself, what are we doing here? I know. How, I they, must... how is this on air on this I channel? Know. Every time I go to a meeting, I always think, I- I'm, I'm going to get found out any second. I'm a little bit scared. Yeah. I mean, we, we turned up, when we did those TV town halls, you know, the people yeah. who were there, they knew what they were doing. They were smart people. They were. And I'm sitting there thinking, I honestly, all I could think about was 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 lunch. That was all. I, that was all I could think about. Was <laughs> Lovely sandwiches, I must say. Yeah. And also not to, and also how not to. We were sitting at a little table, a little round table on stage. Yes. Because I had decided that if I was going to be on a stage, that you and I should be anchored to something. Yeah, I'm not falling off a stage because we would just walk. Well, you just wander off. That's your yeah. problem. You just start I wandering. I fidget. I do. I am a fidgeter. So I thought, let's just sit you there and you know you won't move and it'll be fine. And um, yeah, that's what we did. So 
I was more nervous because there was water bottles sitting in front of us. And um, yes. I kept thinking they're going to end up off the stage. Someone's <laughs> going to get clocked with one of these on their head. So, yeah. But anyway, as I anyway, say, very professional people here at AMI. What it comes down to is congratulations, Kelly and Co. Congratulations, Kelly and Co. Let's get some let's get some voicemails. <laughs> Hang on, we've done the one with Tom from New York. Uh, thank you, Tom. That was a wonderful message. Didn't we, did we play the one from Lynn? We did. Okay, yes. right, we're on to Eleanor's question, and I clearly haven't oh. updated my notes today. Uh, so Eleanor writes in. This is interesting because this takes the conversation forward a little bit onto some other tech. Eleanor got in touch on the listener line, one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Hi, guys. It's Eleanor here. I'd like to talk about washing machines. Ooh. In the old podcast, you had a couple of demonstrations of washing machines you can use with your smartphone. But I would like to redress the balance and talk about the one I got last year, which is dead simple to use and perfect for someone like myself who doesn't use a smartphone. It's by Beko and has a click dial with a marker at the top so that you know the position of the dial. Two clicks to the right is the 40 degree wash and one click to the left is the quick wash, which only runs for half an hour and which my cleaner who has the same machine assures me is every bit as effective as the two hour wash which is worth considering with the energy crisis at the moment. I use tablets rather than powder or liquid, which are both difficult for someone like myself who's totally blind. When you've loaded the machine, it takes about two seconds to click the dial and press the power button. No faffing about trying to avoid touch screens. For anyone who has elderly parents or grandparents who are blind, this washing machine is perfect. Cheers, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Eleanor. A good suggestion. Yeah, washing machines. We don't really talk much about those. I must admit, I don't really use one very often. We don't, <gasps> we don't really use one at all. Dare just wash you, it in sir. the bath. And can I, like can, I also, can I also <laughs> say, Eleanor, hello, thank you. Great use of the word faffing. Isn't that I a great it. word? Oh, gorgeous. Faffing about. I liked it. Absolutely right. There's nothing like a clickable dial on a washing machine. It's just so much quicker. I got a Samsung uh, tumble dryer. And oh, a Samsung washing machine as well, though it's not smart. But it's got touch sensitive capacity controls, you know, and mm. it's got Braille on it and it's got tactile markings. So I know where everything is, but it's not as quick as, as Eleanor said, just turning a dial two clicks to the left, pressing a button, and bang, you're off. So there are still some things where um, dials and buttons are still the best way. I know the, the company is a German company, Miele. Is that a German company? I think it is. Yes, yes. Um, they created like a, an accessible washing machine, kind of along this line. Now, the problem with Mealy is, as much as Mealy is is a brilliant brand, and it is one of the challenges for most people is it's very expensive. Yes, it does last forever. You know that's one thing about them. They will you get your money's worth, I think, but um, but they do cost a lot up front. Whereas I think what they've done, and and you know, no harm to them for what they've done here, but I think what is often the case is they've kind of I'm reminded of the story of the um, Americans who tried to build a pen that could write upside down in space for the NASA mission in 1969, and the Russians used a pencil. Yes. And I think sometimes you can overthink things, you know, when there's a simple answer already out there. And I feel yeah. that's what's gone on with some of these washing machines, is they've kind of smartened them up so much and actually... And even like the clicky dials, they've made little sounds that go with it and stuff on the melee. And I'm yes. like, yeah, but most people just count the clicks. I mean, it's the first yeah. thing my wife always says to me if she's, because my wife, this is her job. She's an orientation and mobility specialist. That's what she does. And when she's going out to see clients and she'll say to them, or if they ask her, you know, I'm thinking of buying a new cooker or I'm buying a new washing machine or I'm buying any appliance, 
the first thing she will recommend is make sure it has clicky buttons. You of get course. N- not, not the ones with that sort of nice smooth glide that you get with some of the buttons, but actual clicks, click, click, click per, you know, whatever it is, 100 degrees, 200 degrees, 300 degrees. Yes. I know nothing about cookers. And does it have a uh, stopping they definitely point? Definitely, they absolutely go up to 1,000 degrees. I am yes. absolutely sure of that. That's true. Yes. Um, but it's the same with your air fryer. the same, isn't it? You've got one of those air fryers and it's got the... Yes, it's got four it. buttons on it, and yeah. But the thing is, it needs a starting point. So I know when I turn it on, it's always starting at <coughs> excuse me three minutes. So right. I know that I'm pressing. You know, I can count each beep, each click for another minute. So it's it's when the you have devices where they just keep turning around and around. A, a what's it called? A cyclical, uh, S- cyclical, cyclical, cyclical. Let's go with that. Know. Where it just goes, it loops around. I'm using the word loops there. Like I was it saying l- earlier, you know, there are, there are so many professional people professional. here at AMI. <laughs> How um, are we on here? How does this yes. work? <laughs> if, if it just keeps looping around, you have no reference point. You've got no counting point or anything. And there's yeah. a lot of those as well. But yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I find it, to, to be honest, the best air fryer that I've, that I've used because it's just, it's simple. And, and actually, you can you save mean. money, right? Because you don't have to spend the most. I mean, that Bico brand that uh, oh yeah, that's that Ella um, talks about there. That's a, I mean, I, I, and I will say Bico is, is, is budget, but it's one of the biggest. In fact, most of the products we have in the house are Bico. Yeah, and one, one thing I find about them is a they're very simple, but they are very effective and they do last. You know, I think yeah. if it's got less technology in it, it's probably better. Yeah, you know, if a fridge is just a fridge, but it's not trying to be an Android phone at the same time. Yes. I think that's probably a good thing. The Android Fridge 13. That sounds yeah. good. I want good. one. Yeah, yeah I don't. Because I, I know for a fact it won't have, you know, I'll only get so many updates. Um, you know, hey, steady down. And then what? Calm down. Actually, do you know what? We'll, we'll do this on tomorrow's show, but I do want to talk about Android and eloquence because um, oh. I was talking to a good friend of mine yesterday about this whole Android. Why, why can't I get eloquence? onto my Android phone now. It seems to be almost impossible. And there's a bit of a story to tell on that, so we'll get into that maybe on tomorrow's show. Uh, but I want to oh. uh, bring in um, a little tease for you there, just a little, 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 little tease. Oh, I'm intrigued. Um, so we'll get that into tomorrow's show. But yeah, Felix got in touch on the listener line on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. 803 Here's what he had to say. Hello, Delatap. Um and uh, this is uh, Felix once again, just uh, commenting. First of all, I wanted to say that uh, really enjoying the show. And uh, I was, uh, you know, as, you know, mostly when stuff changes, you get a little bit uh, apprehensive and is it going to work? But actually, you know, I really like the format. And yes, a hell of a lot more tech. Um, I obviously listen to the weekend uh, editions and I listen to, of course, the weekday ones. And really know what you guys do, but I'm here to talk to you about um, Backpack Studio. And you guys were mentioning it last week, I believe. And um, uh, I've used it because I was in the, uh, the beta program, which is now, I think, subsequently ended. Um, and it's really come such a long way since you probably used it. Um, so much so that you can now actually broadcast with it on a live uh, studio environment radio station um several of the uh, presenters we have for the station use backpack studio uh, and, um which they find a little more easier rather than using let's say myriad or um in, in our case station play studio um so yeah it really works really well the um uh it, it, the accessibility within the software itself is really really um well done you get Okay, maybe somebody might consider it annoying. Um, for example, you get a warning when there's two minutes left on the track, um, then one minute, then 30 seconds um, while the track is playing. Um, you can, it, it works mainly on, uh, on cloud storage, so you have to kind of link your Dropbox to it or something else uh, of a similar stature um, to, uh, to key your music and jingles and promos and so on. But it really works really well. Um, and like I said, a lot of us, our DJs on that station I work for use it. So yeah, it's really come a long way. You should play around with it when you get the chance. Uh, £9, uh, in, in, £9 UK for um, for the one-off 
uh, payment uh, for the usage of the app, and then nine another nine pounds for the streaming aspect for you to be able to connect to an encoder and broadcast to a, a radio station. So all in all, about eighteen pounds give or take. Maybe a bit pricey, but either way, it's probably really good for what it what it's used for. So um, yeah, that's with me. Uh, uh, this is Felix once again, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Well, thank you, Felix. Very interesting to get an update on Backpack Studio. Um, it's quite a capable little application, that. It always was. I haven't used it in years, but it was so impressive when it first came out. Uh, I still had an issue with, you know, trying to activate or hear what the sound cards were before I activated on them. Um, voiceover would, would get in the way. I couldn't find a way to separate voiceover out of the output from the... Um, from the phone, if you will. So um, I had an issue with it, but yeah, it sounds like it's they put a lot of work into it. So I, you know, I might try this one out again. This could, yeah, I mean, this could be better than your Elgato Stream Deck, Stephen Scott. Well, yeah, well, probably. I mean, it's more accessible, that's for sure, because it's all done through the through the, the system. Right? I mean, if you've got an iPad, right. yeah, you could run it on that. I mean, again, it's about splitting the audio, though. How do you split the audio that's so the that thing. you have the the music track? playing separately from the voiceover. Um, I just wanted keyboard support. I want the ability to press, say, you know, control one to mm. activate Sankart one without having to use voiceover in that case. So, um, yeah, there, there must be a way to split it because if it's giving you warnings every two minutes, one minute and 30 seconds when the music track's about to end, I mean, you wouldn't want that playing out, right? So maybe, it's to, doing, uh, maybe, maybe with the streaming aspect maybe it's doing it separately maybe it's streaming just the audio oh, from yeah, that, the music that would make sense yeah that would, that would actually be pretty cool then because you wouldn't have yeah. to faff around another use of the word faff there well done. not um, as good as Ellen is faffing no, but, fair enough. Uh, okay. uh, but, but you know you, you wouldn't have to faff about with the whole um, you know audio interface issue um, because I don't really know how you would do that I, I mean I have to play with the app a bit to try and figure this out but I do yeah. think it's quite good and there are a lot of people out there who uh, upload to places like Mixcloud and stuff. I, I know a lot of DJs like to use that, and a lot of blind people use that, and I know there's a lot of these online radio stations that do that kind of thing. Uh, listen, stick around. Charles O'Clock joins us next on Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Double Tap. And uh, Sean is not feeling the best today, so we've decided to let him go. And that's given me a chance to bring in an interview that I did with Charles the Clerk a little while back. Uh, now, you might have caught yesterday's episode of Double Tap TV, and you would have seen Charles the Clerk talking uh, about ARX Vision, the wearable headset, which a lot of us have got excited about because it's not glasses, uh, very similar in a lot of ways to wearable headphones like the Aftershock's bone conduction, uh, but it has a camera built in, and there is support for Ira coming soon, the visual interpreter service. So lots of us are very excited about it. So uh, I got the chance to sit down with Charles recently to talk about the product and its design. Uh, so you know, I thought we'd play that in today and give you a chance to hear more about the product and, indeed, the company itself. Charles Leclerc, thank you for joining me. Uh, so tell us all about ARX Vision then. So ARX Vision is the company that makes a headset and the headset is called the ARX Wear. And what this headset is, is basically a bone conduction headset equipped with two high resolution cameras and physically raised buttons that are basically recognizable to the touch, um, as well as a microphone. And so what that enables us to do is to um, uh, to harness the power of computer vision and AI uh, to your ears uh, without having to hold the phone and ultimately offering a hands-free experience uh, to users. We've heard camera, we've heard uh, iris coming along to this device. So, you know, we're thinking, great, this is brilliant. But actually, there's so much more to ARX Vision than, than just the partnership. I mean, yes, that is brilliant, but... The product itself has many, many great features on it. So basically, yes, ARX works with Ira, but it also works uh, with our own app that we have developed. And this app is very similar to what you would expect uh, from Envision AI or from C Microsoft Seeing AI. 
So you can, with the ARX Vision app, you can describe scenes, you can scan documents, you can read short text, you can scan QR codes, and you can learn and detect faces. And that's really only the baseline because we are trying to do a lot more. For example, we've started to uh, create a modeless experience where um, users do not have to choose a mode anymore. The mode is uh, chosen for them uh, based on what is the current context and the intention of the users. And we are actually able to detect the intentions of the wearer uh, using natural language processing so people can pass voice commands and just say what they want to do in a natural language. If you said, hey, read the document, it would choose the document mode and it would assist you to frame the document properly and then it would scan it and read it to you. And the, the advantage of having bone conduction in this condition is that um, it, only the wearer can hear the audio and no one else can. And at the same time, it doesn't block you from hearing your surroundings because it just augments your audio, your current audio experience. I was really intrigued by this because Envision, of course, has the, the Google Glass system, which it uses, and you wear those glasses on your face, and they're kind of a, a weird shape. Um, the, the Google Glass experience has always been a bit weird in that sense. But, you know, for people who are used to wearing glasses or light wearing glasses, who maybe need a bit of prescription, who maybe prefer sunglasses, that could be a good option. But there are many people out there, and especially those who are totally blind, who don't want to wear glasses. In fact, some cases, I was talking to some friends who said that, you know, wearing something like sunglasses just seems to make them have more accidents, because <laughs> to break more pairs of sunglasses than anything else. The form factor is very similar to the Aftershocks, and it just has an added camera module on the right side of the headset. Um, and, and, you know, you're very right about, you know, what you were saying about people not wanting to cover their faces with a hardware device. And this is something we found out very early on uh, and that, you know, we're really proud of um, having done that because it's it's a proof of our mission statement, which is to always do things based on user feedback. So we interviewed people and we understood what people wanted before we made any design, de design decisions. Would you class this as a, like a walled garden? I talk about this a lot, but, you know, these apps tend to live inside a walled garden. And then when you partner with other companies, you're essentially bringing them into the walled garden. It's not a case of, for example, with Ira, that you can open the Ira app and it just links straight in, or, or does it? How does it work? That's a very good question. Uh, and I, I think the answer to this is that when I started working on ARX, I thought that we would make the best app that would revolutionize all the other apps. And... I, I was wrong uh, because very quickly I discovered that there were many different apps for the blind and visually impaired community. Mm. Uh, and every single app is very good at doing what, one thing. And so instead of trying to do everything, we thought, well, we're just going to do what we think is useful. We're just going to do an app that reveals the potential of ARX. And then we're going to do an SDK. And we're going to make this SDK available to third parties so that they can, their apps that already exist can be compatible with the headset and so that their users can benefit from the great user experience that ARX can offer. And this is exactly what happened with Ira. So basically, in order to use Ira with ARX, uh, you just download the Ira app um, that will be released at some point later this year, um, the update that is compatible with ARX. And you just plug in your headset and you just use Ira as you would, uh, but only through the headset with the phone in your pocket. This device is tethered, right? It's, it's not wireless. This is a, a tethered device. So the headset that you wear is connected via a wire and only at the moment to an Android phone, correct? Yes, and that's a very important point. Um, the headset being wired is actually a design choice. Um, and... You know, you could think that uh, we are in 2022 and um, we want wireless devices. However, having a wireless headset involves extra hassle of charging a device. It, invo it involves an increased price for the device who needs to have a battery. Um, so it involves a lot of things. And the advantage of having a cable means that we first were able to transmit high quality images at high speed. 
through the cable much faster than with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Um, and there is no pairing effort for the user, so you never have to go through the hassle of pairing through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. And I think the two more important points are that you know we're conscious that the ecosystem of smartphones changes every year; it evolves really fast. Um, and so, because ARX leverages the power that is already in your smartphone, ARX doesn't become obsolete. The headset evolves with the ecosystem of smartphones, and therefore, it doesn't feature a battery, it doesn't feature the same CPU that is already in your phone. And so that's also why we're able to offer this wearable at a much lower price than the competition. Well, that's that's a, a big part of this, right, is price. Uh, and, you know, I look at the price. I see on the website it's listed as twelve nine nine. Now, is that dollars or is that pounds? Uh, it's twelve ninety nine dollars and nine hundred ninety nine pounds in the UK. So, I mean, you'd agree yourself that there's still quite a, a bit of money because that doesn't include the phone, does it? That doesn't include an Android device. You'd have to buy that separately. That's correct. Uh, we do recommend a range of phones, but um, we're currently looking at being available on the phones like the Blind Shell. Um, and, you know, we're, we're focusing, obviously, on people who already own a smartphone. If they don't already own a smartphone, we have uh, Steve Nutt, our product manager, who's creating videos on how to get set up quickly with Android using TalkBack and ARX. So we are kind of, you know, help focusing on people who already own Android phones, but we also want to help people get on the train as well. And, and you know, I think it's clear that uh, most of the community is on iOS, but... Google is making a lot of effort with accessibility and Android is getting more and more accessible. So we are hopeful that uh, there will be you know, a lot of Android users out there who will welcome ARX. Are you planning, are you hoping to be able to bring the cost of the product down? Because again, £1,000 for the headset alone is quite a lot. And I imagine that will be very restrictive to a lot of people, especially when you have to factor in the cost of an additional uh, phone on top of that, whether it be the blind shell, whether it be an Android, whatever else it is. Um, is that something you're looking at or is that dependent on the reaction, the response, that I guess, the amount of people who buy it? Um, it's a good question. I think, you know, I agree with you. A thousand pounds is still a significant investment. However, it is still significantly cheaper than whatever exists currently on the market. Um, and so, and it, it, I would I would say that because it's a platform and we're starting to see multiple apps being compatible with the headset, it probably delivers more value than if it was only one app. Um, so I'm quite confident about the value that is, I mean, we are confident about the value that is delivered for the price uh, and, and we think it's a good deal. Uh, however, another one of our mission statement is to make accessible accessibility at ARX. And that means two things. We want accessibility to be easy to use, to be respectful of the user's interactions with the real world. Uh, but we also want it to be accessible financially. And so in a way, our hope is that down the line, um, we'll be able to make this product a lot more uh, accessible in those in both senses. And I mean, for example, one way to do that might be for people to be able to pay up the product. So, I mean, that's becoming popular nowadays, right? And, and it's been popular for many years, uh, being able to, to sort of pay the product over a, a, a series of months or whatever. I mean, is that maybe an option down the line, perhaps? Yes, absolutely. The, well, we're basically looking to to help people access ARX. So we'll, you know, we'll be uh, putting options on the website for uh, different modalities of payments and uh yeah to make it easier it says on the website ios coming soon uh is that likely to be in the next six months or so i mean i'm guessing there are more challenges with uh, connecting a device like this to an apple iphone just just because of the way that apple uh does what it does the way its devices are um are set up it's uh we hope that will be available on iOS within six months. It's probably going to be sometime in 2023. And as you say, I think there is 
you know, it's it's not super straightforward to make a wired device for iOS. Um, the obvious option would be to make a lightning adapter. Uh, however, we are unsure if Apple will keep the lightning uh, connection or will go USB-C or will go completely wireless. And so uh, we're still working on uh, deciding which interface is going the interface for iOS. It is USB-C that ERX connects. Yes, right? it is. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about Ira because this was, I guess, for many people, the first time they may have heard of ARX Vision, uh, and certainly the first time that we really started a big conversation about this product, and, and that's slightly negligent of me uh, in particular. Um, but I, you know, I, I am very interested in all these products, but you know, when something like this comes along, a, a story like this, which I know is going to have a massive impact on a lot of people's lives, including mine, being able to access Ira on a wearable device, it just it, to me is the holy grail. And we've been all waiting for Apple to come up with something. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not entirely convinced that Apple are going to bring out what blind people are expecting. I don't think we're going to see a wearable with a camera in it. Maybe in a VR headset, yes, but that's a very different product. But not for wearing out and about the way that blind people want. And I think that's where blind people are now, and I'm certainly looking at you uh, in particular, as a provider of this kind of technology is t- to be the solution to this this problem for a lot of us and what feels like a missing piece in 2022. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about the the partnership, how that got started, how that conversation began. Uh, so I met with Troy, uh, the CEO of Ira, through NYU London Health. Um, and we immediately started to discuss um, the, the previous IRA glasses and, you know, uh, the challenges they encountered and um, the, the design choices that we have made for ARX and how um, IRA was confident that it could be a really good headset for this use case. Um, and so very quickly, we both, did, the two companies dedicated resources to work on the integration of our SDK into the IRA app. Um, and uh, very quickly, we had a prototype that we tested first with Steve Nutt. And so I was able to uh, connect with Steve remotely and see what he was seeing through the headset uh, from my laptop uh, with the IRA desktop app. And uh, we shared the video with the IRA team and they loved it. And now they've um, started to do their own testing. And uh, we're now discussing when we will be and how we will be launching the app. And it is important to say that we are at beta stage here, right? So, you know, I know that IRA have made the announcement that they will be working with you guys. A lot of people were jumping on this saying, wow, right, okay, let's get ARX Vision, let's buy it today. Uh, If you buy the product today, you're not going to get IRA today, are you? It's still in development. Uh, That's correct. If you buy uh, the ARX headset today, you will get lifetime access to the ARX app, which does all of the things we've talked about. Uh, But the compatibility with IRA has not been launched yet, so we'll have to wait for an update from IRA on this. Okay. And uh, in regards to that, you just mentioned something there that, that pricked up my ears. Uh, you said lifetime support. We, we have had situations in the past as, as blind people, we've bought a product and, you know, for, I think, fairly reasonable, and this is a personal view because I know some people don't agree with this, but I think for personal, for, for pretty good reasons, companies, you know, need to make money. If you sell a product and, and you sell lifetime guarantee with it and, you sell lifetime support, that means essentially that once you've sold the product, that's it, right? Uh, you've got your money and, and that's it. But how do you make money going forward? So some companies have moved towards subscription services to you know, add additional support and uh, extra features and all that kind of stuff. Is that something you're looking at? Or are you basically saying once you've bought this product, once you've paid your money, once you've got the app, um, that's it, enjoy? Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. At the moment, we um, once you've bought the product, you don't have to pay an extra subscription for the ARX app. Um, I don't know about our partners' app. Uh, they are free to operate whatever model they want. Uh, however, what you say is true. 
uh, in the long run, operating software uh, with cutting edge AI is costly. Uh, for every single request of a scene description or a document scan, uh, there are costs that are associated to it. Uh, we just don't see a point making this a premium feature for the moment, and I don't think we will. Uh, however, in the future, you're right, we may introduce premium features, so new things that will come at price. But for now, it's all free. Okay. I mean, in, in some ways, do you think it would be easier to build in a subscription now rather than come to your customers later and ask for it? Or, or do you think that it's, it's better to, to just get the product out there? Um, so what's free now will be free tomorrow. Uh, what, However, the premium feature we will introduce uh, will be new. And, and uh, you know, they, will re- they may require a payment to be sustained. Okay, so, so premium features coming. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, well, yeah we're not going to say, oh, uh, actually, now you have to pay. Got you. What's free will be free. Okay. Well, I think that's that's a very um, generous statement, and I think that that's that certainly makes it a lot clearer to the audience who would be buying this product. Because I think there's always that fear that you you spend your money and you spent a lot of money on a product, and then suddenly you're hit with a subscription charge, and you think, where did that come from? Um, but again, I, I do think that that has to be factored in in our minds as consumers because we can't expect brilliant uh, applications and hardware and, and all that and, and all the development that goes on behind the scenes to just happen for nothing. We have to pay for it one way or the other. And whether that's up front or whether that is in the subscription model um, in whatever form that may be, um, you know, I, I think we have to accept some of that. That's par for the, the course. But, you know, you're being very upfront about that and I appreciate that. Uh, and I'm sure the audience will too. Uh, in regards to those future developments, then, is there anything you can tell us, anything you can <laughs> shed a light on, or am I being too cheeky to ask, um, you know, that maybe you're working on at the moment that you might be bringing in, say, over the next six to 12 months that uh, would can whet our appetite if someone's uh, currently awaiting arrival of this? Yes, absolutely. And I'm really excited about all of what's coming. Um, we've actually started to create an experimental branch in the app uh, that people will be able to access very soon. Um, but so the the mission of ARX is to augment reality with audio. Um, as you know, I have a background in augmented reality, video games, and uh, very visual things. And I discovered that uh, the future of augmented reality was probably going to be audio, and I'm really excited about this. And so our strategy with ARX has been to kind of learn from what already existed. And this is why our app is sort of the offer similar features uh, to uh, what you can already see on the market, as we were saying earlier. Um, but our goal was to make a completely immersive experience where you don't have to choose modes because this is not how people use vision. We don't go out in the street and just solely look for text or just look for faces. We experience different entities uh, in real time and that uh, create emotion. And, and and so what I'm saying here is that first we want to get rid of modes. Uh, and so we've started to integrate face recognition and short text reading into the scene recognition mode. Uh, so for example, when you scan a scene, it will say a person who looks like Steven wearing a white t-shirt that says uh, it's cool to be vintage. And so in this description that I just narrated, there are obviously an understanding of the context, an understanding of the text, and a recognition of a face. Uh, So that's coming very soon. Um, But this is all about utility. And what we've also discovered is that most products for the blind and visually impaired community were about utility, and it was not so much about having fun. And so we're really looking into how can we deliver a fun and emotional experience. And so um, I can give you two examples of this. Uh, the first one is with uh, face recognition. We we, we found that usually apps were saying someone smiling at 70%. Instead of doing this, we do what we call audio emojis, where we play an audio sound um, 
that translates the emotion of seeing a smile. So something like do do do, and if someone is uh, has more of a neutral face, it would be more like do do do. Um, I, I hope you know what I mean. <laughs> That's a brilliant. Do you know what? I love that idea. I really love that. That is um. That's brilliant because it do, it's not a text. It, well, you know, it's not a text to speech thing. It's not just giving us a, a essentially the alt text of an emoji, right? It, it's actually giving us something which would make us smile in response. I guess you know, it's that kind of it, it, the audio cue that gives you the response and and would I guess affect your reaction. That's brilliant. That's absolutely. It's all about you know there are two layers of information we can use. The first one is informational it's spoken language and the second one is emotional it's all those sounds uh, that are more related to your subconscious and that are intuitive and that you know help you uh, feel emotions from what the device can see the Blanchard classic 2 which is a brilliant phone you're saying that you're developing for that as well or, or Blanchard classic i guess using the, the the sdk you're talking about and building it into uh their platform because it's based on android as well right yes absolutely and you're right it's a very powerful phone uh in a very good form factor i'm really impressed with it i've got one on my desk here um and all i can say for now is that we are closely working on the bl- uh, with the blind shell team on a version of our app that uh, is adapted to uh, the blind shell phone itself That was Charles Leclerc talking to me a while back uh, all about ARX Vision. And uh, like I say, you can catch more about the product on this week's Double Tap TV episode, which you can find on the AMI TV app, which you can download for iOS and Android. You can also get us on YouTube as well, Double Tap on air. Or, of course, all the details of all our shows are on ami.ca slash Double Tap. That's it for today. Uh, Sean and I are back with you tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Juita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.